Chapter 9 En Privé Caitlin made her way through the undergrowth and bracken of the thick woods, Finbar's heavy rucksack slung over her shoulders. The straps were cutting into her, so she paused to adjust them, using the moment to try to focus herself. Her thoughts were scattered, rage burning at the subservience she had granted Finn instead of taking a beating. She pulled off the pack and knelt, biting her knuckles to keep silent, while tears of impotent anger rolled down her cheeks. All the days of horror finding this moment of isolation and absolute privacy to allow her to briefly succumb. She sensed the presence behind her without hearing it and was immediately on her feet, wiping the tears on her sleeve, defiant of her shame, angry to be caught in a moment of weakness. She stared into the woods, looking for the interloper, but there was no one to be seen. Who's fucking there? There was no response. Just the woods, empty and still, but for her. She bent down and picked up the rucksack. She slung it back over her shoulder, and it was as though someone breathed softly into her ear. The little hairs on the back of her neck rose up, and she knew that someone, something, stood in the shadows, watching, stalking. A bolt of terror coursed through her. Finn. No response. No sound, not a bird, not a cricket, nothing. Caitlin choked down her fear. She was embarrassed at her own paranoia. She turned and continued on. The forest edge was not far. She saw some fifty yards distant, the woods opening up into the large meadow that was her destination. She put her fear behind her and quickened her pace. Then she heard the crystal clear crack of a small branch snapping. She stopped cold, hackles rising again. She spun around, trying to catch her pursuer in the forest gloom. Nothing there. She felt her heart begin to pound, her pulse throbbing in her neck, her ears burning from the heat. Whatever was out there remained invisible. But she knew she was not alone. She turned and quickened her pace toward the meadow, it suddenly seemed much more distant than it had a moment before. Her terror built with each step. There was no harnessing it. She broke into a trot that escalated, becoming a sprint, then she was crashing through the woods in full flight, breath heaving. Whatever it was, it was coming, and it intended to take her down and bleed her dry, slowly, sadistically, gleefully. She fought her way through the last thicket of branches and broke through the tree line, disappearing into the light of day and the open field, leaving behind the shaded forest. The branches ceased swaying from her passage. The woods went silent and still. A long moment passed. Then she appeared. A grey and black, yellow-eyed wolf bitch. She inhaled one last sharp scent of the air, breathing in Caitlin's essence, taking ownership of it. Then... Satisfied, she turned and disappeared silently, back into the dark forest depths. Caitlin recomposed herself as she walked, brushing bits of twigs and leaf from her dress and smock, chiding herself for the momentary loss of control. She shook her head with a rueful smile, imagining Finbar or any of her schoolmates from home witnessing her stark terror. Looney, she thought. 
Only a bloody fool would make imaginary fears when real ones are alive and well and close at hand. She made her way across the meadow toward what was once a bustling abbey and boarding school. It had evolved into a small army camp and field hospital. Behind the main building, a dozen canvas huts had been erected. A skeleton crew of British soldiers in all of drab uniforms worked there at the field kitchen, preparing the evening meal, while a munitions gang unloaded kit and weaponry from a horse-drawn wagon. Caitlin approached a pair of sweat-soaked young men doing fatigue duty, working the fields in the nouveau mode. In lieu of planting seeds, they were planting men, dropping fresh bodies into pits, covering them in a scattering of quicklime, followed by earth and clay, then hammering whitewashed wooden crosses into the ground to mark their passing. Caitlin paused, watching as the pair of gravediggers lowered a stiff body into one of the shallow graves. The younger of the two, a filthy, bespectacled private, Kevin Bergen, lately of London town, gave a small wave to Caitlin. Evening, miss. Kevin was used to the spade, having done the same with coal for a third of his life. So this part of the war was something he had grown expert at. He emptied a shovelful of quicklime onto the shrouded corpse in the hole and then waited for young miss to continue her intrusion into his workday. Caitlin unshouldered Finbar's rucksack. She dropped it in with the dead man. Kevin gave her a squint. What's in the satchel, miss? Nothing of value. He asked that it be buried with him. Kevin looked at his partner in crime, Tommy Winters, who outranked him by being a private first class, while Kevin was a simple and lowly private, a fact that Tommy never was one to let his chum forget. Tommy crossed his arms above his belly, taking on an air of importance as he stewed it over in his brain for a moment. She was just some bog-trotter nurse, and Kev, chum or not, was just a bleeding private. So this was a moment where he outranked everyone. Thus the power of yay or nay was solely in his purview in this instance. Tommy puffed up a bit, enjoying his moment of weighing whether or not to grant this favour, but in chewing it over, he recognised that there was a flaw in his plan. He saw that if he said no, this paddy bitch was likely to find someone who outranked him to come and overthrow his command. So as fast as, I think not, miss, that's highly out of the ordinary. This is the British Empire's army, not some sordid little Irish backwater territorial regiment. Now fuck off with you, came to his mind. It vanished straight away. Tommy shrugged. Fine by me, miss. Go ahead and bury it with him, Private Bergen. Kevin rolled his eyes at the Private Bergen jibe and dropped the shovel's worth of earth onto the rucksack and the dead man. Thank you, gentlemen. Caitlin turned and headed for the abbey. Kevin and Tommy watched her go. Then they dutifully went back to their man-planting. <laughs>